it's Monday. You know what time it is. FRPC Hoops. I'm your guy, Vince, and I am doing a solo pod today. We had some technical difficulties that happened with my side of the pond dealing with some uh, camera issues, but we are here to go ahead and talk about what is going on with some of the rookie and some of the rookie class. So I hope you guys enjoy this journey with me today. Um, Nico will be back probably on Friday. Uh, we were going to have like a bunch of like what he did over the weekend because he had his bachelor party and we we're going to talk about that, but it was all my fault. So you have me to blame, folks. You have me to blame with that. So with that being said, we're going to get right into it. We're going to start talking about some of these rookies and what I want to talk about today is like some of the guys that like did not get a lot of time in the summer league. Case in point, we're going to start off right off the bat with Taylor Hendricks of the Utah Jazz. He had like a groin injury, or I think it was hamstring, one of the two, and he was not able to play in the summer league. Now, when I look at Utah and I look at what they have, so you have Lori Marketing, you now have John Collins, you now have um, Walker Kessler, right? Um, Taylor Hendricks. So you have a pretty deep front court rotation when it comes to that. I was hoping for Hendricks to get more time. I was hoping for him to be able to show off what he could do in summer league and then just propel himself into the season that is coming up. But he didn't, he wasn't able to do that. And it's kind of unfortunate because now we're in a position where we don't know what we're getting when it comes into league. We have the glimpses of college and that can tell us something, but where he fits in, in the hierarchy, where he fits in, with the rotation in the minutes, we'll have to now wait until uh, training camp and preseason basketball and see how that develops. Now, the great thing about this whole deal is, is that, you know, he's going to work hard. He's going to have just nothing but time to work on. And I'm sure they have a plan for him, right? There's a way that Will Hardy would probably like him to play his first year. And with that being said, you know, can we kind of extrapolate what we saw in college to what we might be able to see in the pros? I think there's a little bit of, like, carryover. I think the the secondary um, ball initiation is there. I think the defense will play when he hits the league. Because he's a vertical threat, he's also a positional player. So you get the best of both worlds. He does understand time, space, and man and ball. He understands these things. He understands these concepts. He seems to lock in pretty decently. You know, it's is it is it crazy like, oh, this is going to be a, like a top five defender in the league? I don't know about all that, but he can do it. Now, you can say, well, what kind of competition was he playing, Vince? 
you know, what, what was he doing? Well, you can't look at the, the conference. The conference will probably not be something that you can look at, but you can look at the run in the tournament. And you can also look at some of his non-conference games, and that can give you a clue of what he's going to look like. He's very self-aware. Taylor Hendricks is very self-aware. He knows what he needs to work on. And the one thing that I find very interesting about him, he takes it kind of very matter-of-factly. It seems like, oh, well, I need to work on this. Or I or I need to work on my dribble pull-up. Or I need to work on my hand placement or body placement when uh, certain wings are coming at me. He's very self-aware, so I think the adjustments for him will be something that we will see happen throughout the year, and I think you'll see a far different player at the end of the year with a lot of tools in the tool bag, personally. That's what I'm banking on, is so you'll have all that, and you'll have this package of this really athletic wing, big wing, because he stands about six foot nine and a half, and uh, it's it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome when it comes to that. Now, let's talk about the other two as well. We're going to talk about Scoot Henderson, another guy who had a one game. We only got to see him for one game. He had the shoulder injury. It was very it was very unfortunate. But the one thing that we did see with Scoot is the athleticism. We saw the bounce. We saw the, the offensive creativity. We saw him get his teammates involved. He looked very comfortable in his surroundings, and he should have been because he played for the G League at night um, for two years. So you're looking at a guy who is pretty much ready to go, and now it's all it's on to training camp. And, again, we're not going to talk about the Dame stuff until the Dame stuff happens now. Because at this point, we're just kind of looking at it like there's a there's a there's a standoff, there's an impasse, people aren't talking to each other, things aren't going on, and we'll have to get it all figured out. As soon as these teams realize that there's gonna to need to be multiple teams involved, and as soon as we start getting to a point where we're not trying to get over on the other team to the point where it's embarrassing. That's when you'll start to see movement on these deals. People need to start getting realistic about what they're asking for. And I'm not just saying like throwing Portland on the bus or, or throwing Philadelphia on the bus. You have to look at the contract. You have to look at the age. You have to look at all those things. So financially, the other team is taking on a lot of risk. Why are we going to give you like 15 picks? I understand what Dame is worth in the sense of what he is going to bring uh, to that team, but also they have to be realistic, and they also have a youth movement that's there. Let's get back to that. Scoot Henderson looks like he could be a starting point guard, um, I think, right off the bat. Now, I don't know if they'll give it to him. I think they will. Um, I think that you still will have the same situation that you had last year where you have diminutive guard, albeit real strong, really athletic, really quick. Um, will definitely be able to get his own shot, but you're still going to have a, a very small backcourt. Um, 
The thing with that is, is that Anthony Simons might be traded throughout the year. Who knows? I think what the backcourt will probably end up being, and this could happen this year, next year, or whatever case may be, but I would think it would probably happen more next year, is Shaden Sharp and Scoot Henderson in the backcourt. Now, depending on how they go with the draft and see what what comes up and things of that nature, we will see, but... I believe that what you're going to see is that guy be Portland's next 10 to 12 year uh, guy, you know, Um, that's the hope, obviously. So Scoot Henderson is a guy who I am very high on. I think he has a pathway to play a lot this year. I would be surprised that that guy wasn't logging like 28 minutes a game for the Portland Trailblazers. Where I look at Taylor Hendricks and go, I don't think Taylor Hendricks is going to get those type of minutes. I'm actually wondering if he's only going to get about 10 to 12. And I think that would be not great for his development. Now, obviously, Utah has a plan. They believe they can execute this plan. And obviously, you're going to feel good about the plan until you start to see it, until you start to see it come into fruition, right? Um, but what tends to happen is is that guys like um, Hendricks need reps. And if he's going to be on the big team and he's just going to be sitting on the bench a lot, that's going to be problematic. But let's see how it plays out in training camp. I believe that the kid can carve out a role personally. We'll see how it all goes. Now let's get to our third guy. And we're kind of blowing through these a little quicker. Whatever, but these are names that you know. So these are things that you already know about a little bit, but I'm strictly talking about where we think they're going to be as far as minutes are concerned. What is, you know, the pathway? And the guy that kind of has another murky pathway is Arsor Thompson of the Detroit Pistons. It is not because of the fact that he didn't show out at Summer League. I think. He was underutilized early. Um, they were focusing on James Wiseman. We've talked about it in the past. And then Doran got into his bag, which was amazing. Okay. Doran was amazing in summer league. There were things that we saw out of him that we did not see last year. So if you're a Detroit Pistons fan, you got to like what you've seen out of Doran. Now, the other part of this is that Asur kind of got lost in the sauce a little bit. And what I mean by that is that they were so focused on Wiseman, Ivy, and Doran that my guy kind of just kind of filled in the filled in the uh, gaps a little bit, which is okay. You know, he's a rookie. He's earning his time. You would have liked to seen a little more on ball with him to see how that looks, especially since Ivy seemed to struggle with it. I would have loved to see Asur get more ball handling ability because if you could pair those two guys up in the backcourt and Cade is getting a rest, it's just bringing more versatility to the Detroit Pistons. Now, obviously, these are questions that can be answered in training camp and also throughout the season. And I, I believe you'll see a lot of, you know, experimental situations with the lineups. But I would hope that Asur 
would be able to immediately call, carve out a 20-minute uh, per night situation for himself um, early on. And the only reason I say that is because you want to make sure that you can allow him and allow those skills to kind of uptick organically, right? You want to see if being away from his brother, is there more on-ball creation? Is there independent creation on his own shot? Is he, does he need a point guard to set him up? Now, as far as the gifts defensively and the gifts, uh, you know, with moving his feet and being athletic, those are always going to be there. So open court situations are going to be there. Would we like to see him finish better at the rim? Yeah, absolutely. These are things that you can work on. And these are things that I would believe that that team will get him to do. I think with Asur, it's just let him play, right? Let him play. Uh, the one thing with uh, Detroit is that if you look at their team, Kay cannot either slide to the three or you have Asur there. Boyan kind of can do the three, but he's more of a four. He can shoot it like a three, so he can help you space. And then tell me who else you have on the team that you're like, I am dying to see this person get minutes. I think there's some guard minutes that Asura can pick up, and I believe that there's some swing three minutes that he can pick up as well. So I think there are minutes across the board for him. So I would love to see him start off with about 20 minutes, get his feet wet, see what he's all about. And then, you know, you can start to envision what his role could be. But right now, I think we have just a huge lump of clay um, that is just desperately to be molded. And I, it's going to be a season in Detroit where you're going to have a lot of pieces that are thrown together. I don't expect a huge jump in, in wins or anything like that. So if you're expecting like this huge jump, I don't think you're there yet, Detroit. But we can see, right? Um, the other guy that I want to talk about as well, <clears throat> and it's more in the way of it was an interesting pick. And we kind of spoke about him last week, but I want to talk about pathway to development again. This is where it all comes down to. If you're the fan of the Utah Jazz, you want Taylor Hendricks to get like 24 minutes a game. If you're a fan of the Portland Trail Blazers, you're trying to get rid. Now, I don't say get rid. Let's take that back. You're trying to find a solution to this Dame situation as quickly as possible so Scoot can come in and naturally do what he does, right? You want him to flourish, and if Dame is there, it's going to be hard for him to get everything out of this rookie season that he's looking for. So that's all to be said, and also the same thing, but his pathway is a little bit different. Now, the next guy I want to talk about is Casey Wallace out of Kentucky. He went to the OKC Thunder. 
I applauded this pick and I still will applaud this pick because I think there's a pathway for it. Because if you look at what they have as far as backup guards, right? It's not real solid. Yeah, there's some guys who can play it, whatever. Case and Wallace is an upgrade. I think he's an upgrade offensively for sure, but he's also an upgrade defensively. And I think that there will just be minutes for him. Now, I don't know where it all comes from, right? You got Giddy, you got Dort, you got Shea, uh, Gilgis Alexander, you got Jalen Williams who can slide from the, the wing to the guard position. You got a lot of stuff. There will have to be ultimately some sort of thin out that comes. Presty will probably replenish the war chest that is awfully full and bloated right now. Because right now, I mean, realistically, if he wanted to, if he wanted to get Case and Wallace some time, he could trade Lou Dort and pick up another first-round pick. Maybe it's a couple seconds or whatever. He might even be able to get two. Get one completely unprotected and then get a second one, um, you know, heavily protected, depending on who is froggy for Lou Dort. So there's a way to thin out the roster to allow these minutes to come. But specifically right now, with Shea playing a lot of minutes, Giddy playing a lot of minutes, Jalen playing a lot of minutes, and Dort, who is a defensive anchor for that team, who really does play a lot of great on-ball defense, you know, the pathway for Kaysen is real hard. You know, it is difficult. And these are the type of things where you you are – you're worried about where it where it's all going to come from because he's going to need to apply it at some point on the court, so that you got to see the 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 regular skills set, how it fits with the team, how it plays with Shea Gilgit Alexander and Jay Will. You got to see all that. Now, there is a saying that you know you have too much talent to develop, you know, and people go, well, how is that a problem? Well, it's hard to focus in on like four or five guys when you're trying to also, I mean, you want to get the best out of these dudes as possible. But the one thing with Presty is that he is going to continue to have a real eye for talent. And he is always going to take really good swings at talent and his talent evaluation I mean, I can't argue with any of it. You know, he takes swings on guys, for sure. But we have seen it pay off. And I think also the other guy that came out of Summer League that I thought showed really well for OKC is Usman Jang. Usman Jang looked really good. And I think that there's a role for somebody who is 6'10", long, and can shoot it. And I also think, and I'm I'm saying like real remedial things right now, right? But what I'm saying is that I think the defense plays, the defense plays up. I think just having that stretch four, you know, that could really stroke it where the other Jalen Williams would have the issue with that right now. This guy doesn't. It seems very fluid when he shoots it. And if you can get that guy on the developmental path as well, you're just, they're just, 
so loaded. I think they have literally 17 guys right now on their team, if not more. And it's not like guys like you go, oh, that's that dude will definitely get cut. No, they have a lot of guys that you go, that dude can definitely get traded. I'm definitely getting something back for him for sure, right? And then that's where you look at it and you go, is there a move coming in OKC? Because there's a logjam, and especially at guard. Now, you're going to move Giddy to the three, and then you have Shea and Kaysen in the backcourt. Now, what does that do to Jalen Williams? See, see what I'm talking about? Just one minor shift causes a rift for another young player who also showed himself to be well. So, obviously, Kaysen has a, a, a large mountain to climb. I do believe in the talent. I'm high on this kid. We all have the saying, Kentucky guards always play better when they get to the league, you know, because they're freer to do things. And I have no doubt that Kaysen is the, is the same situation. But as far as what he's going to look like this upcoming year is one of those things that you you have to question. Um, you have to question just because of the fact that it's there's a real problem as far as minutes for him. Um, the other guy that I want to get to, and it's not more of an opportunity thing. I wonder if it's more of a, is he going to be able to do it? And that's Derek Lively of the Dallas Mavericks. Now, Derek should have all the opportunities in the world. Now, I've heard that Dallas is connected or trying to be connected to Aiton or any other big. Now, you know, a, a young Derek Lively to just play defense and, and rebound in Phoenix sounds awesome. Um, I don't know what else that Dallas have to give to uh, Phoenix to make that work, but I'm sure they're going to want the Phoenix is going to want to restock its coffers a little bit because they have nothing. They have nothing in there. So I would think they will want to take a, a downgrade as far as talent is concerned and maybe add to their depth or just take a big man back who really concentrates on defense, uh, defense rebounds and block shots. So, if that's something that goes down, uh, I can see it happening. I just think they are going to want other things with it personally. But getting back to Lively, summer league is not the place for big men unless you're like unless the team is saying, "Listen, we're going to focus. We're going to get him the ball. We're going to show. We're going to showcase him. We're going to get make sure that he touches the ball." We know how it kind of runs in summer league, even though we thought this summer league was really more structured. You saw a lot of more, a lot more actual plays being run sets being run, but it's a wing and guard um, shoot fest basically in the summer league. So I didn't expect like Derek Lively to go crazy. Now where he could have impacted the game is like on the defensive side and in the rebounding. I didn't see a ton of it. You know, now I'm not saying that his guys were 
boxing out the other the other players on the other team a lot where you know he was it was just him and his man and you know who who's better gets the ball right well we didn't see a lot of that and it's not i don't like i said i don't think it's necessarily his fault but my question is is that are we expecting this kid to come in day one and do this day one with the physicality that's in the NBA. Yeah. Albeit it's not the 1990s anymore, but there's some big dudes in this league and he's going to get tossed around a little bit. So, um, he needs to be in the gym working out. Um, he will have to, supposedly there's a three point shot that he's been working on. We have not seen it yet. Now, I don't know if he's going to bust this out during a regular season, but I don't think he's going to, honestly. I think right now we just need to say, hey, man, we need you to focus on rebounding, blocking shots, and playing some playing some good positional defense. Can you do that for us? And hopefully he can. But we will see how it goes with the big team. But I was looking forward to more aggressiveness out of him in the summer league, and I really didn't see it. So I'm kind of not skeptical, but I'm more like, I wish I would have saw more out of him. And then I guess the other guy that we should talk about a little bit here is Jairus Walker. Now, Jairus Walker did play in the summer league. Uh, played okay. Now he's also having uh, elbow surgery, whatever. Um, he should be good for uh, training camp. So we'll see how it all works. The one thing with J- Jarris is this: a lot of people are real high on all, all the like the things that he can do, like the DHOs and you know the screen and roll game and. He seems to have a real good feel for the game. And all those things are 100% true. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that they're not. I'm looking for better tenacity out of him. Um, I think there's a better athlete in there, even though it didn't show itself because he is kind of a more of a below-the-rim type of guy. I would love to see seen him use his physicality more in the summer league. He didn't like impose his will like I would have liked to have seen. Again, some of summer league can be like a just an open run, man. So bigs trying to do all the things they can do uh in, in a um in an environment like that, sometimes it just does not play. You know, th- that's just what it is. But we're in a situation where, you know, here's another guy. There's some questions, not questions about his talent, but questions of where he will fit in this team. Remember, Isaiah Isaiah Jackson's there. Miles Turner's there. You know, you got some dudes that are on this team. Now, I believe that they got him to play him. So there is that. The hope is is that the development will play out and you will see him on the court, and I believe that will be true. But, again, 
it's a you know you hate to see like even even though the injury will be taken care of and they said it will be remedied by training camp just hate seeing it because you would have loved to see him work on the jumper you would love to see him work on some drills and now he has to do this you know convalescing thing and that's cool definitely have it now then you know during the season but you just would have loved to have seen him just had a clean off season and then hit training camp really, really strong to solidify his minutes. But the one thing I'm really – Carlisle's not a big rookie guy. He's not. So that also scares me a little bit when it comes to Jarrett Walker. So we'll see how it all plays out. And the – let's see. There was one more that I wanted to hit. Is that it? I think there's two more we're going to hit. I think what we're going to do is we're going to talk a little Grady Dick out of Toronto. He had a uh, up and down kind of uh, summer league. There was um, shooting issues early. I think the one thing with Grady Dick is that he will have to get stronger in the NBA, I mean, I'm saying things. These are 19-year-old kids. They're all going to get stronger, right? But what I'm saying is that he just has to get himself used to the physicality, understand that your your airspace will be, you know, people will, will be in it, and that should not affect your shot. I think once he catches up to the pace, he'll be okay. The great thing right now is, is that I'm not going for the pump fake with Masai Jiri anymore. And they still have everybody except for Van Vliet. So Gary Trent Jr. is back. Uh, You got Dennis Schroeder now in the building. You know, so you're not expecting Grady Dick to just come and explode. Now, if he does, there you go. Bonus, right? But he needs to develop as a shooter. That is what they need. Ball creation and what he does with that, that's, that's secondary. And they'll allow him to do all that. But I think it'll be in a more controlled basis. Honestly, I think their whole primary reason to get Van Vliet kind of off the team and the way the construct of the team is set up, this is set up for Scotty Barnes to be basically the de facto point guard. And then you got everybody else running off of him. And Grady Dick will have to find his spots. And I think he will. Uh, the one thing about the kid you don't have to worry about is confidence. You don't have to worry about that. Uh, now, it, his development and his time is strictly based on him. If he's knocking down shots and is not a complete sieve on defense, he will play. If he is not, if he's if he's going to just be a complete negative on defense, which is hard to do at 6'8", Right? He will not play. Pretty simple. So, Grady, just get in the lab. We know you got the talent. I'm honestly, I'm not concerned. I'm just concerned about your actual playing time early. But if he does what he needs to do, I don't think it'll be a problem. 
Then the last guy, we always like to leave on a real happy note. And what we're going to talk about is like the no-brainer of the group. Victor Wimbayama. Victor Wimbayama is obviously going to get all the opportunities he needs. We're going to see him handle the ball. We're going to see him post up like 18 feet out because he's so real thin. Um, I think right now what you're looking for is with Victor is can we get through the season relatively healthy? Because we did see in summer league, he falls a lot, a la Anthony Davis. That's not a good sign, okay? But we're not being negative. We're just saying what we saw, all right? We're not saying your dude is going to be injury prone. I'm not throwing that out into the universe. We're just saying what we saw, man, okay? He's light, okay? And I'm not saying, like, go get, you know, say your prayers, take your vitamins, brother. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is the physicality, uh, albeit he did play in the Euro League. I don't think the physicality will bother him in the sense of was he was not expecting it. I think it will bother him in the sense of his expectation of what he can do on the court. Because these dudes are going to be quicker, faster, stronger, and be able to say, hey, we don't want you to get to that spot. That's your spot, and we don't want you to get to it. So what's the counter to them taking the spot away? That's the one thing that we will see with Victor. And he will get every opportunity to do so. As long as he stays healthy, I'm sure there's a game plan. I'm sure they have a way of... um you know, setting it up. I don't know if it's going to be back-to-backs or is this just strictly the analytics and the strength and conditioning people just say, hey, listen, he's hitting the red zone and we need to shut him down, you know? And then he, you know, comes back. I don't know how many games Victor is going to play. I would hope that he'd play as close to, to 70 as possible, but we do not know. This, we are going into a world of unknown with this guy, but it's going to be a whole hell of a lot of fun to find out what he's going to be like. I think also you're going to see him play on the wing a lot. I don't think you're going to see a lot of center minutes from Victor Wimbayama. He likes to have the ball in his hand. Now, I think most effectively is when he does post up on the on the littles, he does do work down there with that. And he seems to hold his own most of the time, but he's also so skilled that you're not too worried about like the, you know, the jump shot over the dude. Yeah. You would love for him to just say, I'm way bigger than you. I'm just going to dunk it. I think that will come with time. I think once he starts to understand the speed of the league, that will come as well. I just think the defense is just going to keep him on the court. And I don't know if they have a, a a designated time that he's going to play. I don't know if they have that. I don't know if it's going to be 28 minutes or 30 minutes. I don't know. But rest assured, this year is all about finding out what he can do and also keeping him healthy. So he can really get a legit feel to what an NBA season is like. I think San Antonio will do everything in his power 
to cater to Victor Wimbayama, not in a bad way, but in a way of allowing the development to, to flourish as much as possible to see what he's really, really good at and where he needs to have work done. So then you have a better picture of what you have with this guy going into next year. So you know what to put around him, right? Um, and that's the whole thing with San Antonio. It's just going to be a real fun experiment, and you're going to be able to see him a lot, which is great for San Antonio fans. I'm so excited for you guys, Spurs fans, man, uh, having this guy on your team. Again, kudos to y'all getting him. I mean, it was lottery balls. I mean, it wasn't like you did anything great to get it, but I'm happy that you guys got Victor. Um. And I know a lot of people say, well, what about Charlotte? What about this? I understand. But Victor, it just seemed seemed right that he go San Antonio. Even though to my chagrin, you know, to my dismay, you're in the West. You know, I got to deal with you. I'm not looking forward to that as a Laker fan. You know, seven foot five, two who can move. And he's every bit of a star. Every bit. I don't care what he did in summer league. My man's a star. So do not worry about yourself, San Antonio. You got a real one, and we going to enjoy him for years to come. Now, the injury thing, just, hey, factor it in. Because somebody said, I don't know what pot it was on, but, you know, if he's Kevin Durant, Kevin had like what, four major injuries over a span. You take that if you're if you're San Antonio, if you can get 12, 13 years out of Victor. So that means you get nine, eight or nine solid productive years. You take that. You take that. You know. I think he's going to be extremely smart. I think he's. I think he has a whole different regimen to keep his body in shape. I'll be very uh, interested to see how it all plays out and how collectively the Spurs and his team um, kind of meld together to you know and get the vision of what they believe they want to see, you know, come out of this year. I think Victor, like I said, he'll handle the ball. I think he'll find out that. When you're seven five, and dudes are what like a foot shorter than you, you're probably gonna get your pocket picked. But he does dribble low. But we'll see how it all plays out. I think he's gonna be more effective down low at some point. But he's just gonna have to grow into his body, and that's just gonna take time. And we're just gonna have to have patience. So that's what comes to that. But make no mistake about it, San Antonio fans, you will see your guy. There is nothing in his way. Okay, nothing. So that guy, all the minutes in the world, right? Jairus, Jairus Walker in Indiana, there's some pathway, but remember Carlisle, Asur, I told you, there should be minutes, pockets of minutes everywhere for him. I personally think so, but we'll see, right? And then uh, we talked about uh, Taylor Hendricks. What his situation was, uh, John Collins coming into that mix. You got Laurie Marketing. You know, where is Taylor going to play? Um, 
he could play some backup three. I, I like that. I like that a lot personally. Um, so you got some a little clarity of what we think is going to happen or kind of where all these guys are. And I hope it's getting great. Um, keep in mind, we got stuff coming Friday. Obviously, at some point, I think what we're going to do is we're going to pivot back to some Friday conversations. I don't, I think it'll be in August. So the basketball will probably slow down a little bit in August. You might only get like one pod a week on basketball. We were doing a Friday conversation beforehand, then basketball exploded, right? With the draft and trades and free agency. And we just focused on that. Um, the other thing that I do want to talk about is I do believe in August football will be back on FRPC. Uh, I will personally be spearheading that project. That will happen, I would think, the first Wednesday of August. So keep it locked here for that as well. So we got a lot of exciting things coming up. I hope you guys are really uh, enjoying the product on YouTube and also um, where you get your podcast. Remember to subscribe to both. Like we're seeing incredible numbers and things of that nature, but we also need to get the subscriptions up. Likes are great. And right now I can handle the, um, the, uh, if you leave something in the comments, I've been answering those, um, Mostly myself, as far as that's concerned. So that's that's been great. So keep keep those coming as well, and tell your friends, man. Like we're again, we're trying to build this community. We're trying to get this together. We're trying to make it fun for everyone, but also we're trying to get you to a point where you know you have a really panoramic view of squads out there and what they're trying to do. So with that being said, for our guy, Nico, who did everything in his power to make it, it was just on me today. You can call me, you know, bad IT guy. I got you. So Canadian's finest, Nico Miatello, wasn't here because of me today. And that's my bad. Um, But again, we will be back. Um, Now, the only other thing that might pop up is the trade situations with Dame Harden, whatever. We will tell you that if it happens in August, nine times out of ten, it will be me. Um, if it happens in late August, it's definitely going to be me. Because Nico's getting married. The only day that I won't be able to do it would be like on the 13th of August. That would be the only day that I would not be able to do it. Because I have a um, family thing that I need to get squared away. Um, And if you are loyal to FRPC, uh, you know that my mom passed away. We talk about her at the beginning and the top of the show when Nico's on and um, 
you know, we're having our memorial service for her on the 13th. So I hope nothing goes down <laughs> on the 13th of August. All right. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. We got to some prospects, got to like six of them. Hopefully you can see the pathway of or the blockage of pathway of their development. Some is coach. Some is just we have an influx of talent. We talked about our guy in OKC, Kaysan Wallace. We love him. But where is he going to get the minutes? So leave comments on the YouTube. Also, give me that five-star rating, you know, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, right? We got to get these. These are important to me. It's important to the channel. It's important to FRPC, FRPC as a whole because we are trying to grow this community and we need every person we can possibly get. But we are thankful for all the support we get. Thank you, guys. You have a good one. And we'll see you back on this channel at least on Friday. Again, if something comes up with the Dame or Harden trade, we will be in on it. If there's any news that kind of shakes loose and I believe is important, we will bring it to you. You guys have a good week. Peace.